Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show are Kat and Henry from Work It Fitness out of El Paso, Texas. Welcome to the show. How are you guys? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm excellent. want to thank you both for being here, for taking an hour out of your busy day to come and give back to the industry a little bit. We appreciate you both for that. Before we really dive in too deep here to the business, give us your elevator pitch of Work It Fitness. Tell us who you are, what services, products you have to offer, kind of paint a picture for us. So Work It Fitness is a gym facility. Uh, Mainly the demographic is women. Uh, We are open to pretty much men as well. You know, a lot of the our clients, husbands, boyfriends do go. So it's, it is open to general public, you know, it is a private facility. So on the, um, we do have access keys for each member. So the facility does stay locked at all hours. <laughs> um, so it, it does provide our, our members with a safe, uh, comfortable, you know, environment. Um, along with that, we do offer open gym memberships. We offer group training along with Zoom training and hybrid training in case there's some of those, um, you know, busy mommies that just, or or just anyone in general that is too busy to work at a gym, work out at a gym, they can jump on Zoom and train with us on live. So that's basically what Work at Fitness is right now. Okay, cool. You have a lot of different tiers there to really, uh, uh, tiers of service to really serve anybody, no matter what their life looks like, they can kind of fall into one of those programs. Um, so with, with all of that, how does the membership work? If I came in, I was like, Hey, Henry, Hey, Kat, I want to join. Um, how would you guys help me find the right membership for me? So ideally we'd, uh, we'd ask you a couple of questions as far as what is it that you're looking for? Um, the reason why is because we try and cater it directly to you. If you're just looking, if you, for example, if you're self-motivated and if you're just trying to get your own workouts and at that point, we would just direct you straight to uh, open gym membership, which is going to be somewhat like an anytime fitness or, you know, just you pay monthly, you work out on your own. Now, if you tell me, Henry, you know what? I'm actually looking to lose weight. I want to get good results. I see that Kat, your trainer, she's been getting these girls really in shape. Then at that point, I'm going to break down to you our group training packages, which are going to be affordable to you on a monthly basis. You select your classes when you want to show up and then i'll explain to you how the price makes sense versus you you know trying to go and get these results on your own and things like that so i mean ideally we cater to you depending on what you're looking for so we don't have just the one plan yeah we customize it for you yes yeah that's cool i mean it makes people feel like a little bit more comfortable when they walk into a place and they don't automatically have to just sign up for like one thing because i think that health and fitness is not linear especially when you're a mother. Um, yeah. I know for me, it like, makes it really, really difficult to find time to go to the gym sometimes to have a four-year-old. So um, I can imagine there's a million other women out there that feel the same way. Um, my next question for you guys would be, you know, how many members do you have total in the facility? I know you have kind of a few different options, but in total, how many people would you say you're serving right now? 
So in total right now, we have about 224 on a monthly basis coming into our facility, not including our entire online uh, community. Yes. Okay. So 224 in the facility, but how big is the square footage? Like how, how big of a space are you working with? We're, we're working with 4,000 square feet. Um, I think at any point in time, we maybe have up to max 30 people in our gym. Mm -hmm. uh, usually with our, I guess with our, just our, our open gym access, they come in, they do about, you know, 10 people mm -hmm. once every hour. And of course our group classes can be anywhere between 15 upwards of 20 people in mm -hmm. one hour. So right. I'll combine max nine people. Okay. And we still have a lot of room actually. Yeah, yeah. the way we set it up is where we have a, like kind of like a cross training section where our, our signature is actually a pink turf. <laughs> so it's our pink turf where we have all our, you know, cross um, training equipment. And on that side, that's mainly where we have the group sessions. Uh, on the other side, it's more open gym. Um, so that way our members still have um, access to the gym, even if we have a class going on at the same time. Nice. So you said you still have plenty of room. You set it up so you still have plenty of room. So I'm assuming you're looking to continue to help more women, right? Yes, Absolutely. of course. Uh -huh. yeah. What are you guys actively doing to aid that growth process? I think we all can, you know, we all do things a little bit differently when it comes to acquiring clients. So walk me through that process for you. So right now um, we do we do do uh, ads on uh, social media. That's something that we are trying to push more. Uh, um, along with that, we, we do uh, we do a lot of um, DMs. That's that's on Instagram. That's mainly where we get all our our, our business business is Instagram. Um, but we do have like systems, you know, the way that our members can sign up is basically virtual. They, they we have a link where they go through and they fill it out. Do they do receive a, a email with all information? Um, and then we do uh, have them message us, and then we're constantly always on the phone. So the way we do sign up is is basically all virtual. Automated. Yeah, automated. So so I, I kind of break it down a little bit. So. Mm -hmm. If they DM us, they want information, we'll ask them a couple of questions and then we'll send them a link through what a system called Typeform. Mm -hmm. uh, Typeform will capture their first, last name, phone numbers. It will opt them into a marketing campaign, which basically allows for us to contact them. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, forms like that for any business are usually, you know, $30, $40 a month. After we get their information, then at that point, we have either our front desk guy either call them or we start sending them into a text message marketing campaign or an email marketing campaign. So this whole system, we pretty much built out on our own. Mm -hmm. um, I know that there's some service providers that will do it, you know, basically for a large monthly cost, but we're able to do it maybe for a hundred dollars a month. Mm -hmm. And so anybody that we get from our Instagram, we basically get them to this marketing filter basically to continuously push out things. For example, like today, I think in the last, I think six months we have yeah. about 819 leads mm -hmm. that we have to go through yeah um, follow-ups today we just put out to those 819 leads uh we just sent out a text mark uh, a marketing text, campaign yeah text message marketing campaign um pushing uh, a 90-day level of challenge that we just designed so ideally we were doing a three month and a six month group training package, mm -hmm. but we decided to brand the three month, which is our most popular mm -hmm. uh, package is the 90 day level up. Mm -hmm. So we did, we're going to be branding that here shortly and pushing mm -hmm. it across, you know, the city for the most part. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. it's, it's a lot of game planning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of that. It's so important that we have systems in place for yeah. how we're going to get our, our leads because um, if we don't, and we're just kind of hoping that they're going to come, um, it's not really an effective and scalable way for us to grow. Um, yeah. And that's what, unfortunately, a lot of people make that mistake where it's like, okay, well, people want to work out so I don't have to market myself. Um, so with your social media um, advertising, you mentioned that you guys have been running paid ads. And the reason why I personally am fond of them is because we're able to reach people who might not already even know that we exist. Um, so has that been something that has paid off for you guys? Or are you still kind of finagling it, learning it? Um, you know what? I, I'm still in the learning process of it. And it, and I do see that it's it's very beneficial in, in any type of business, you know. Um, but, you know, just I think that using ads will it will help your business grow like tremendously you know and like just like you said there's some people that don't even know about us you know and now it what's cool about the algorithms on there like they're if they look up a gym it's gonna pop up on there now you know so we've been getting a lot of um a, a lot of people trying out the gym uh recently you know just because been those ads and you and and being consistent on our social media page you know posting ig stories posting um ig posts feels you know um you know that's something that business owners sometimes don't even like think of doing but it's it's a big a big huge um asset to your company is just promoting your brand and what it, it stands for you know I think another big part is like the girls, for example, we made our gym very aesthetically, like it looks beautiful. When you walk in, a lot of people really like the way that it looks. And so we made sure that it looks that way. People will want to take pictures. So a lot of the members, I mean, every morning, they're posting they're always 5 a.m. posting mansions like and we selfies them. Yeah. Um, on the, the pink turf or um, just in the mirror, you know, that's something also that has helped. Has helped. Yeah. <laughs> It helps generate like word of mouth and obviously as business owners, no matter what business we're in, we like word of mouth because it's free as long as we have a really cool service, people are going to talk about it. Um, so it sounds like you have a lot going on there for, for how you're generating your leads. My next question is a little bit different and I want to talk about this and that, because I think that we can learn from one another by not only talking about the really good things, but the challenges. So what would you say is your biggest bottleneck or challenge and what are you guys working on doing to kind of overcome that? Uh, I feel right now our biggest uh, challenge is our sales process. I feel uh -huh. that. I feel that we have so many leads mm -hmm. and, and I, I mean, I've always been in sales. I've, this is the third company I'm a part of, and this is probably the one company that gets the most amount of leads. Mm -hmm. So right now what we're trying to do, we're trying to build a, a technically a, a, not, 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 not the system, mm -hmm. but the sales um, handle the amount of in, inbound, whether it's DMs, whether it's phone calls or it's uh, it's literally all of the above, mm -hmm. we have to make sure that we're following up with them to you know convert those leads because we do get a lot of people 
that message us. And, you know, sometimes they're as early as 6 a.m. or 10 p.m. And we have to continuously follow up with them. So we went from a virtual process where we didn't have anybody mm -hmm. uh, to now mm -hmm. where, hey, you know what? This lead fell through. We need somebody to follow up with them. So that's kind yeah. of the biggest struggle that we were having is, you know, yeah. following up with the leads. It's just, it's a, it's, it's a. It's an ongoing thing. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so we're, we're, we're putting the week, week um, an in-house, uh, basically a system or customer service mm -hmm. where they're coming to the office from 12 to 3 p.m. to follow up with all the leads that we're, we're basically getting at that point and scheduling them appointments to see the, the gym and cat. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. That sounds pretty yeah, cool. so, so like in the industry, I feel like this is common. We call it lead nurture, like the process of following up with our leads until we get them to come in the front door. And so many of us are losing out on leads because we can't keep following up with all of them. We can't keep up with all of them. Um, and so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a challenge. And um, if we want to convert high amounts of leads, we need to have a consistent kind of schedule of how we're following up with the clients. And it needs to be the same for every single person, no matter if wow. they're sliding into the DMs, if they're giving us a phone call, if they walk in the front door, whatever it is, we have to have a process that we're following. And um, so I'm glad that you've identified that as your challenge and you're working on putting some things in place to overcome it. Yeah, yes. I think that well, I think that was my biggest, like the biggest wake up call when you see a lead that you hadn't gone back to like in, you know, two, in three two, weeks. Three weeks, we're like, oh my goodness. You know, and it's because even on social media, you have like, what is it like the active like a main account and then you have like a, a, a secondary a general account or requested account oh, and like yes. sometimes we open up them we're like we miss we, it we or miss, yeah we miss an opportunity mm -hmm. right there and so that's the hard part because yeah you know she's training all the time i'm here i handle another company and then she's you know we have to have somebody continuously working on that it's, yeah. it's tough but that's our biggest yeah. i guess issue right now yeah yeah and there's definitely like For sure systems that that um every, everybody has their own system and, and way of doing that and there's definitely resources out there to like look into and how to automate that how to streamline it so that nobody gets left unread um it, it's it's hard i mean for the crossfit gym on any given day i have like five or six message requests in that box just like hiding it so it's it's hard um my next question for you guys that I would like to touch on before we kind of run out of time is I call it my magic wand question. So if I were to hand you a magic wand and I could make all your wishes and, and goals for work at fitness come true, what would that picture look like? Oof. Um, I'll say mine and he'll say his, <laughs> cause I, I mean, we like to share our own, like what he thinks of the gym and what I think. Um, I guess overall goal for the gym work at fitness would be to initially get it to becoming a franchise. You know, um, I I had told um, Brad Bradley, right? Or Brad, Brad? Yeah, <laughs> I had told him that um, I would love it to become fitness where franchise franchise I. Uh, Franches out to different cities. You know, I mean, started from um, opening up more here. You know, 
to the point that we can start um, franchising out, I think that would be the best, you know, that would be our, our overall goal, you know, what do you think? I, I would say that ideally similar, similar thing, the, the, the reason why is because I mean, we, we are not an anytime fitness, but we have character of it. One thing is we're also like a fit body bootcamp. So we're almost mm -hmm. a hybrid in between. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's the, another reason why we, we become successful because it's somewhere that it's not a massive gym, you know, yeah. people, it's not somewhere that people go and, you know, show off this somewhere people, I mean, at least these females, they're, they're going in, they're grinding. They, they go hard. They're, you know, these girls are, <laughs> they're like the most strongest women I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, like, they're, they're grinding super hard. And I think it's very comfortable for them because it's private. Mm -hmm. It does have some, uh, some things, equipment that they can use, for example, on the weekends or do their fastest cardio with mm -hmm. the side from the group training. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it really provides like the, the different sort of, uh, uniqueness uniqueness and not just that we one thing that we haven't spoke about which is something that really has helped us is our community group yeah. chat we have a huge uh, group chat with how many people are in it um right now i have about 150 um and oh i, I didn't mention this but i call them fit kitties yeah. my name's cat obviously and they're called the fit kitty community and and once they join the work it program it that's what they're associated as they're yes. the fit kitties um so that's basically what we refer them is if if i start telling you fit kitty because yeah. <laughs> so i'm used to telling them that but um yeah it's 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 not only working out you know it's it's about mindset and that's what they learn through the program you know of training and um along with that they become you know stronger and um they build relationships with other women, you know, that are going through the same thing, or they can relate to the same thing that everyone else is going through. And they honestly help each other push and, and keep each other accountable every single day. You know, some girls are on there like all day um, posting their meals, like, hey, who's next? Who's gonna post their water chug? You know, um, or if someone's going through something, they'll vent on there and they'll actually, like a lot of moms will, you know, uh, no vent on there yeah community is like a huge part of i i feel like a huge part of a gym like if i feel like the gym has a good community i would definitely i definitely like feel like that helps retention it helps people want to stick around a little longer um so, yeah I'm glad that you guys have, you know, have built this really awesome thing. Obviously, COVID happened. You used it to your advantage to kind of build your business so that you could open the doors to this awesome facility where you're able to serve women all over the place. What is the social media handle for the gym? Where can our listeners go to find you guys online? Uh, so it's the name of the gym. So it's Work It Fitness Boutique. Uh, for IG, um, that's basically where we post everything. Yes. Uh, and yeah, I, that's where you can find us. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you both for being here, for being so insightful, sharing um, your business with us. Listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, Fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out.
Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us in the show today is a duo, two special guests. It is Anthony and Jamie with Virtus Performance Club out of California. What is going on, folks? How are you guys doing today? Happy Monday. How are you feeling? Pretty good. You know, start of the week. Can't complain. Nothing too crazy yet. <laughs> yeah, we're going good. Thanks for having us on. There we go. There we go. We appreciate you guys being here. We're excited to have you on. And look, before we dive in to the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on with your gym here, you know, first, why don't we give you guys an opportunity to give the viewers a little perspective, right? How would you guys describe Virtus? And in your words, what do you guys do? Yeah, so we're kind of in a unique situation. Me, Jamie, and then our other business partner, Ray, we're all full-time sports performance strength conditioning coaches at Stanford. We work with uh, the sports teams at Stanford. That's our full-time job. Um, and then we kind of opened this gym up with an opportunity that came upon us um, kind of on the side. So the way I describe Virtus is, you know, we're all collegiate strength conditioning coaches. We all have an expertise in our field. Um, and we feel like the general public, youth athletes, adults, semi-pro athletes, you know, anyone in the area might not have access to that kind of training. And because we have this expertise, uh, we feel like we can offer it to, you know, the greater Bay Area um, when they might not have that opportunity uh, kind of in general, right? We, we focus on performance, but within that, it's all about moving well. It's all about achieving what their specific goals are, depending on the sport, right? We all work with kind of a bunch of different sports here at Stanford. Um, so we like to be able to identify what performance goals people have and, and kind of help them achieve those performance goals. There we go. There we go. Awesome stuff, Anthony. I appreciate the explanation there. And so, you know, with that, let's kind of dive right into the bare bones basics here, guys. You know, how many members are you guys serving currently? So currently we have probably around 30 to 40 members. Um, our space is decently small. We're kind of in a studio space of about, I would say 1500 square feet, um, little outside space as well. So most of our classes are a little bit smaller. Um, you know, we can't fit too many people in at once. And then in addition to the people that we work with at our facility, we also have uh, a couple of clubs that we work with, sports clubs in the area that will kind of, you know, go to their locations and, and do stuff there. So we don't include them as, you know, official members, but um, a number of other people that we're working with as well. Awesome. Awesome. And so, you know, being a sports performance club here, I mean, for you guys, what's been the best method of getting new people, new athletes through the door? What's worked well for you guys? Yeah, so the way we came upon um, the facility, actually, it's here at Stanford, the, uh, the fencing coach, she opened up a facility of her own, right? Um, big facility, big fencing club. And attached to the fencing club was actually kind of a pre-built weight room space. Um, they had no use for it. So they reached out to us because they knew us and, uh, and asked, hey, 
you guys have any interest in using this, you have an interest in kind of building it out, whatever you guys want to do with it, I mean, we're not going to use it. So um, we kind of partnered with them a little bit. And then our first clientele, to answer your question, happened to be people from the fencing club, right? Some high level, we nice. national and whatnot. Um, they need a place to train. It's connected right to their fencing club. Um, so our clientele was a little bit built in at the beginning. And then kind of as we got rolling along, a lot of it has just kind of been community outreach and then our own specific connections, right? We've been reaching out to local sports clubs, reaching out to um, athletes from the area, reaching out to physical therapy and uh, in different clinics kind of around the area. And a lot of it's been word of mouth and, you know, kind of uh, guerrilla marketing, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I love it. And I think, uh, I think that's awesome that you guys are able to kind of collaborate that way. And so, you know, kind of curious, I mean, what would you say is, uh, the percentage of, of, of members who are actual athletes and just kind of everyday, not average Joe's, but just everyday people who are not into athletes specifically or being an athletic um, background there. Yeah. So most of our clients are athletes. Um, we, we have classes that are open to kind of general population. Um, and those are our adult classes. We're kind of thinking more along like the parent lines of that, right. If we have a a fencing class in there and, you know, parents are waiting around, maybe they want to come train, um, or parents who have athletic goals themselves. Um, so that's kind of the audience that we're geared toward is people who are, you know, training for performance goals, um, but we, we do have that space, um, for general population. It's just a little bit, you know, less of our actual classes and, and training. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, and I think the way we look at it too, is we have kind of a specific skill set. We work with athletes that are trying to win national championships here at Stanford. Right. Um, and we, we want to kind of provide a like-minded or a, or a like experience for athletes that don't have access to that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so while, while we're not going to ever turn anybody away, I think our main focus is on high performing athletes. No, of course. Of course. I, a hundred percent. I think it's not like you're like, yeah, you guys can't come in here. Uh, I think it's really more or less like there's a priority and, and you guys know your demographic, right? Yeah. I mean, again, like you guys can train anybody and everybody. I'm pretty sure you can train a baby if you need to, but at the end of the day, it, it's more or less what's the priority and, and what do you guys want to appeal to, right? If you got uh, an athletic performance club here, and you're training a bunch of stay-at-home moms, they're going to be like, well, why would I come here? This is not the place for me. So I understand that completely, Anthony and Jamie. I think that's awesome. And um, so kind of moving on here, you know, I, I know it's you, you two, and, and another partner, correct? Yep. Okay. So on the back end, I mean, you know, 30, 40 members here. I mean, how do you guys manage tracking, you know, who started when, you know, how long they've been with you guys, if they're looking to cancel? How do you manage tracking these members? I mean, three to 40 people, you know, it's, it's a lot, you know? So how do you manage that? Yeah. Um, well, for the first part, we're lucky enough that we work in an environment where we're used to a lot of moving pieces, a lot of different athletes, a lot of class schedules, a lot of travel, that kind of stuff. So we kind of um, travel by fire that way. Um, but we have kind of a client management system that we use um, that helps us out quite a bit. And, and, and the best part of it is our, uh, or I don't know if you want to call it marketing, but the way we reach out to clients, the way we get clients to sign up, it's very personal, right? We, we chat with them, we get to know them. So we have a good idea of everybody that's in the gym, right? There's not just a John Smith that we don't really know who it is. So a lot of it is kind of, we communicate directly with them um, while using our client management system to kind of, you know, check money, check all that kind of stuff, the recurring stuff and whatnot. But we really try to be as involved as possible 
with our clients just to make them feel like they're not just another member, right? Um, yeah. And because we focus so much on their specific kind of performance goals, we really need to know who they are. Um, so as we grow, we'll obviously have to grow as a staff. But at this point, I think we do a pretty good job understanding who our members are, kind of really understanding the whole scope of the gym. And, and when we speak to them individually, that's kind of the best way we go about it. And uh, to, to play off of that, you know, like even if Anthony's client, I never see Anthony's client. I'm st I still know who that person is and what their goals are. We see mm -hmm. each other every single day at Stanford or at Virtus, you know, wherever it is. So we're always talking about these things or, oh, hey, how did so-and-so do last night with, you know, their training? Um, so we are all kind of in the loop on what's going on there. Or if someone, you know, has to cancel or needs to reschedule for something or if they have a competition right a lot of our athletes are like hey I can't come in this week I'm going to be traveling for nationals so you know I think like that communication piece we're all kind of uh on top of it with with the clients and then with ourselves as well yeah no a million percent and I, I mean uh kind of piggybacking on that I think it's going that extra mile to really show that you care. Right. And when you can genuinely say you listen and you actually, because again, you probably know what they're training for, what they have coming up, their events, all that stuff. So I think that's huge. Jamie. I think the fact that, you know, that whether it's Anthony's client or your clients, like, you know, exactly what they're doing and where they are. That's awesome. That is awesome part guys. Of, part of the kind of community we're trying to develop. Right. Like obviously hundred percent, a bunch of different ways with, with naming your, your facility and whatnot. And, and it's a very small piece of it, but we talk about being the performance club, right? We're trying to create a community of like-minded people trying to achieve kind of a higher goal, right? Higher performance goals. Same as being a part of uh, a team sport in college, right? It's where we come from. I think that's kind of the environment we're trying to develop. And, and part of that is obviously building relationships with people that come through. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and again, you guys are the 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 people who cultivate that. It's, it's it's your community, it's your culture, and you guys are the leaders behind all that stuff. So, I love that, Anthony. Such a great perspective. And so now, this is what I'm really curious about, right? I mean, you guys are at forty or so clients now, thirty to forty, right? And and I mean, let's say leads, clients, traffic, marketing, anything you want to say is unlimited here. And hypothetically speaking, of course, I mean, what's your max? I mean, what's capacity looking like? How much higher can you guys go? Yeah. So, you know, our, our schedule is a little bit, um, unconventional maybe just because of okay. our other jobs. So most of our classes are going to be in the evenings and, and the weekend mornings. So we have, you know, as many people as we can get in those classes, that's kind of like our cap along with a couple of private clients on the side. So, you know, we have room to like even double the, the amount of people that we have now, it's well. just fitting them into those classes. Right. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're eventually trying to kind of, you know, uh, get a little bit more into that, like semi-professional crowd as well. Um, right now, most of our clients are, are youth athletes. Um, so we're, we definitely are leaving space to kind of keep building that up in, in the way that we see, you know, it being most impactful. Um, you know, we've, we've kind of got our schedule set in terms of what we can handle, um, but so, you know, anything within those kind of like limitations we are, we're up for. And then I think on the scalability piece, I think we're not necessarily in a rush, right? Um, we have a class that say we have a full-time schedule. Um, we're kind of slowly building. And, and I think the goal long-term is to be selective with the coaches we bring in because eventually we'll obviously bring in some other coaches. Of course. Um, so when we can bring in other coaches, then we can kind of expand our schedule offerings, expand the number, that kind of thing. Um, but 
we're trying to slow play that a little bit. We're really trying to get the right people in. We're trying to provide a build a good foundation to kind of build all of this off of. Yeah. Totally, Anthony. And, and that literally leads me to my next question here. My last two questions for you guys. Um, you know, what is the bigger picture, the overarching goal? I mean, I know you guys said that you're going to be careful with the hiring and whatnot, but for the gym, what's the bigger picture? What's the overarching goal? What are you guys trying to accomplish? Yeah, so I, I think long term, obviously, we're trying to build a sustainable facility that's going to offer these things that we feel like we can offer because we're in a specific position to offer it. Um, but like we were talking about earlier, we're, we're trying to take a little bit of, from, you know, professional track clubs, you know, professional weightlifting clubs. We're trying to create a, a community and kind of a club that people who were former college athletes, who were former professional athletes, who are aspiring to be semi-pro college professional athletes, we're trying to give them a space to, to train with like-minded people, right? When you get so much from being a part of a team in a D1 school, right? You get so much community, you get so much accountability. Um, you, get, you get a lot of different things that you don't get when you're just training by yourself. And yeah. that doesn't really exist outside of the team sport world. Um, but if we can kind of cultivate something like that for a bunch of athletes who may be doing different sports or maybe doing senior sports, right? We can get a couple of semi-pro runners, a couple of semi-pro cyclists, that kind of thing. We can create an environment for them to train at. I think that's our number one goal. We're obviously trying to provide as much training as we can for everybody that's interested in it. But I think that's what we're long-term really trying to build. Um, and that's why I say we can be really selective with the coaches we bring in because we want them to be long-term hires. Yeah. We're not just trying to hire, you know, um, random trainer just so we can offer more classes, that kind of thing. We're really trying to build this thing out for the long-term. Yeah, and in, in addition to that, right, we're trying to, you know, bring this, like, college environment to the general you know people who are not in college anymore or are maybe trying to get to that college level right and so not only are we trying to bring in this sort of clientele but we're we're working on right building up kind of our sports science um you know offerings right we do a ton of that here at stanford with all of our athletes and, and that's one of our areas of expertise so offering athlete profiling and things like that um to to our clients in addition to building relationships with, you know, um, physical therapists and chiropractors and um, dietitians in the community, so that we can can build up, um, you know, that literal like sports performance community that most colleges or most you know Division One high level colleges have and and offer that. So that's something that we've been you know really happy about like how things are going in that area right now we're able to build up the sports science and, and build those relationships and ideally like when our clients come in you know like they have a trust trusted resources within us but also within other members of the community that they know we trust and they know that we'll communicate with um yeah, just like in a college or professional setting yeah because when you're an athlete you know i'll say here at stanford you it's kind of a one-stop shop right you come in you get your lift in then you will get treatment and then you kind of paperwork with the dietitian. It's, it's all kind of here for you, right? That's kind of the thing we're trying to provide. You come to us, you get to train a little bit, but we can also, we know the physical therapists down the street, right? We'll refer you to them. Uh, we know dietitians in the community. We know great places to train. We can kind of offer some insight um, yeah. as, you know, as a one-stop hub to kind of everything else that you want to do for your performance goals. I love that. I love that. That's awesome, guys. I love how aligned 
both of your goals are as, as owners. I mean, you guys are on the same page and you can't, you can't create that. I mean, you can't fake that, you know, so that, that's awesome guys. Um, and, and so one last question and, uh, and well, let me, let me get some background first. Did you guys start at the same exact time? Like, did you guys jump into it together? So for Vertis, yeah, um, we started back and I think we opened officially end of February of this year. So we're okay. still very new. Um, yeah, I, I work with fencing at Stanford and, and so their coach approached me and I was like, this sounds great. I'm going to grab, you know, two of my coworkers that I think would really vibe with this. And, uh, they were both into it. So, okay. So I, I, I needed the context for the question. So even though you guys are still fairly new, it's, it's a great question. I love this question. Cause I always get like so many different perspectives and then you guys probably surprise each other with the answers, but with how aligned your goals are, I'd be surprised if this answer aligns as well. So um, uh, bear with me with, with how I, I explain it. If you need to explain it differently, I can, I just try to do it a little more entertaining. Like I always say. So, um, you know, uh, if you guys could go back in time here, right. Uh, right before February, right before you're about to open up the gym and, and sit yourself down with the knowledge, you know, now, and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear when you first started the gym. What would that advice be for you? I think for me, it's, uh, so, so when you start something new like this, right, it's, it's really exciting. You're, you're doing logos, you're picking names, you're getting your first couple of clients, you know, it's, everything's new, it's really exciting. And, and the extra hours you put into it are, are pretty easy because you're excited about it, right? Um, you get past that stage, I think, not that it's it's bad or anything like that, but you it starts to become a little bit of a grind, especially when it's your second job, right? And I think I would tell myself at least that you know what, there's gonna be really exciting times and there's gonna be kind of times that you have to work hard and kind of grit your teeth and kind of get there, right? Um, this overall experience is extremely rewarding and I think we're gonna build something really exciting. Um, but I think there's gonna be some hard times and there's gonna be some really exciting times and I would have told myself to expect that and understand that it's all kind of working towards kind of the bigger picture that we're working towards, right? Those days where you're kind of stuck on your computer doing admin work or you're uh, you know, cold, e or cold emailing people or, or scheduling meetings or doing some of the stuff that, you know, we're, we're strength coaches, right? That's not the, the thing that we came into this world to do, you know what I mean? But it's part of the job. And I think telling myself that, hey, that stuff is going to come, expect it. It's no big deal. You're going to do it. It's, it's all working towards the kind of bigger goal we're trying to work towards. Yeah, I think from, from me, um, you know, main thing would just be to be patient and keep that the future goals in mind. Um, you know, like you said, we work, we work very long, demanding jobs as a first job. And, uh, you know, it, yeah, it can be a grind sometimes. Um, and it can feel frustrating at times when, you know, things aren't moving as fast as you want to, or for us, even for example, like, you know, because we work with NCAA athletes, we have NCAA compliance, everything needs to be cleared through, you know, what we're doing at Stanford here, yeah. right. To make sure that everything is aligned there. Um, so, you know, I think, we have maybe some more hoops to jump through than just your, like, you know, if we were just doing this as our, our full-time only position. Um, but if we look back kind of from like February to now and how far we've come, I think that's encouraging. And, um, you know, it makes us, you know, optimistic about the environment that we want to create and every, everything we're doing is a step, step further to get there. Um, 
and we know, I think, you know, we know that we have the expertise to do that and to offer that. And we know that what we do works. So having that kind of in the back of our minds as well, you know, um, when, when things get frustrating or, or tough, um, I think it's helpful, but, but biggest thing of all, just be patient. No one's, I don't think anyone's gym gets like, you know, crazy off the ground in five months. Um, and, and so we feel like we're, we're in a pretty good spot and we're very excited to see what the next five months have to offer and, and five months after that. So, yeah. There we go, Jamie. What a mic drop of an answer. Way to close it out there. Look, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode, folks. But before we sign out, you know, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you guys and the gym? Yeah, everything is Virtus Performance Club, B-I-R-T-U-S. So our Instagram is at Virtus Performance Club. Website is www.virtusperformanceclub.com. There we go. Guys, thank you so much. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. I look forward to seeing what you guys can accomplish down the road. Again, if you guys don't mind sticking around for two seconds, just like I know how you're going to get the podcast, I would appreciate it. It's going to sign everybody else out over here, okay? So uh, to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us, talk about your fitness business, click link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Chris Moore of The Gym with three different locations out of Cleveland, Blairsville, and Dawsonville. Chris, how are you today, sir? What's going on? I'm doing great, sir. Good to meet you, Joe. I am excited to pick your brain on this. I'm excited to see sort of how we got here and what this is going to like moving forward. But before we dive in on, on strategy and tactics and all of the fun that comes with a day-to-day of running a fitness business like this, Chris, talk to us a little bit about the gym, how you describe this business. When people ask you what you do, what do you tell people? Well, first of all, it's great to be here. But uh, so what I usually tell people is we are a full service uh, serious fitness facility. And what I mean by that is um, our facilities are set up to accommodate all different types uh, from the first timer who's never set foot in a gym all the way up to the seasoned, um, you know, n- not necessarily professional, but person who's been exercising uh, 
for quite some time, who's got a lot of experience and everything in between. We can accommodate all ages uh, for the most part. Um, and, and our idea was originally just to put together a facility that would allow people to do whatever type of exercising they could envision inside a facility. Um, I think we did fairly well with that. Um, we have anywhere, you can do some CrossFit type training, you can do uh, functional training, you can do power lifting, you can do um, bodybuilding, um, you can just do cardio if that's what you wanna do. We have some group fitness classes. Two of our facilities offer group fitness classes. Uh, so we feel like uh, we have a pretty well-rounded facility just trying to meet everyone's needs. Yeah, something for everyone is is the crux of this. Now, take us back a little bit, 2015 or even a little bit earlier when the idea popped in your head, hey, we're going to open up a business. I think I'm going to make a go of this. What were you thinking about? What was the goal when you opened up the first location and, and what was sort of some targets that you had in mind? Sure. So let me back up just a little bit. Even before then, I had been working in some corporate fitness uh, with one of the larger chains uh, working inside. And I just wasn't happy with the way things were going. We were doing a lot of, mostly in the personal training area, uh, developing sales um, processes, that sort of thing for a large fitness chain. And just wasn't happy with that. I didn't like where they were going with it. Um, so I started to look for something else. And I had found a really a, a low cost uh, fitness equipment company um, that was for sale. Um, and I purchased it, uh, really bought into it in the beginning. And then I purchased it outright after several months, but, um, and I turned it into a gym development company. He had wanted, he was trying to do that, but he really didn't have all the tools uh, and everything he needed to do that. We did. So I came in and um, became a partner and then I bought him out not long after that, but we turned that into uh, a gym development company and we were fairly successful with that. We helped open, um, I think over the course of the first year, we probably opened six or seven clubs, um, both not super large, but anywhere from like say 3000 square feet up to maybe eight or 9,000 square feet. So very small to medium sized clubs uh, across the country. But one of the things we wanted to do with that business was we felt like we needed a showcase you know, who is this guy? What is this company all about? How, how, how do they know what to do? Right. So we felt like, Hey, it might be a good idea to have a showcase club. And so that's where the club, uh, the gym in Cleveland came about. Um, I had a buddy who lived in that area and there really was only one gym in that small town. And, um, it had plenty of room for growth, plenty of room to have to handle two gyms. And so that's how that came about. Um, moving into that. So the original goal was just to have a flagship club or a place bring clients and say, hey, this is what we do. This is how we do it. This is, you know, kind of how we do these things. And, and this is how we can help you. So yeah. originally, that's where that came about. So a number of, of evolutions along the way to get us to where we are now. And, and so when was it that you got the Cleveland location opened up? When did doors open we got that open in October, uh, late October of 2015. And what about the other two? So then the, uh, the Blairsville location kind of evolved. Uh, I had a client, a personal training client who was doing real estate and she said, Oh, you need to open a club in Blairsville. So I'd never heard of Blairsville. So I drove up, checked it out. It's about 35 minutes away from Cleveland. I said, Oh yeah, it's a nice little town. Definitely use a club. 
So she helped me find a location up there and we opened that club in December of 2016. So what, 14 months later. Got uh, it. And then out of that came a third location uh, in Dawsonville, which is actually the closest to where I live because I don't live in any of those counties. Aha, <laughs> uh -huh. okay. I live in another area. And so I, I do a large commute to get around to all the locations, but Dawsonville happened to be the closest to where I live, uh, about 20 miles away or so. And um, we felt like that there was a good opportunity there too. So we went ahead and got that club open in March of 2018. Yeah. And so without getting too far ahead of ourselves, when do locations four, five, and six open? <laughs> so we felt like after opening the first three, uh, the way we did, um, almost, I would almost describe it as a shotgun effect. Um, and I felt like we needed to catch up. I felt like we had extended ourselves, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, maxed ourselves out, so to speak. I, I felt that way because owning one club is one thing. Owning two clubs, double the work. Owning three clubs is exponentially a lot more work than, um, than having even just two. And it's not even – you can make the argument that there's not that much more profitability there when you're spread out like that. So Interesting. Um, Okay. It, 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 so, it depends, but yeah. Yeah. And uh, there is a lot of it depends built into that. There are any number of factors, but for you guys with these, give us sort of a rundown of, of where we're pulling revenue from some of the, the some of the services that you guys offer. So for the, we, you know, we offer, like I mentioned before, we're a full service club. So we do offer personal training. Uh, that's a source of revenue uh, membership, obviously, um, we have silver sneakers program. Um, and then we have, um, uh, in my, uh, in my Cleveland and Dawsonville clubs, uh, we have a, a drink cooler, um, small little supplement area that, uh, one of my, uh, one of my junior partners, uh, runs it's, it's kind of their, their baby. So, uh, so that they generate revenue with that. And then in my Blairsville location, um, I run it up there. We do the same thing there. Uh, but we're actually on the cusp of opening a small pro shop in the Blairsville location. So that will uh -huh. also be another revenue generator, we hope. Um, yeah. And it's probably going to be, we wanted to have it open already, but I've been very busy with a lot of challenges. So it's probably going to be fall or maybe even uh, early 2023 before we get that sure. totally off the ground. Okay. And so to your point, any number of ways to drive revenue, but going from location two to three, not all of it necessarily translated to profit, which is what I assume that we're after here at the end of the day. Let me ask you this before we get into sort of the nitty gritty, how do your membership numbers overall now compare to 2019 or early 2020 pre-pandemic? 2019 would, uh, I would argue is probably our best year. Um, okay when you factor in all the factors, uh, pre-pandemic, uh, 2020 was just well, probably like everybody, not that great. Although being in a very rural area, we did not have, we only had to close down for about three weeks total at all three locations. So the impact on us was minimal compared to a lot of clubs. I know a lot of clubs suffered, uh, especially depending upon where they were, whether they're on West coast, East coast, wherever, or whatever kind of stipulation they're, state or county had but we were blessed to be in an area where 
uh, you know, our governor only the minimum, minimum, minimum possible. And um, so we closed down for three weeks and then we were immediately open again. And so our loss of revenue, while we did suffer a, a loss of revenue, it wasn't extreme to the point where we couldn't overcome it. Sure. Uh, and so and, why was why was 2019 the best year as compared to 21 and now 22? Well, I mean, I would just argue the economy was really humming along. People were spending a lot of money, um, you know, compared to previous years. People felt like they had money. Um, the clubs were being successful. Um, I had really good personal training at, really at all three locations. And so just a whole bunch of factors, some of which I don't control and, uh, you know, those types of things. And then um, we had some turnover, you know, we had a little bit of turnover uh, here and there, but, but really when you minimize, one of the biggest things I found, I don't want to get off topic, but one of the biggest things I found is like, especially in a, in a smaller rural area or in a smaller intimate club or whatever, the less turnover you have, the least amount of turnover you have uh, is beneficial as a club. Oh, so sure. if you minimize your turnover, then you membership as as, and employees. employees right? and, and I was specifically speaking, you're right about the membership also for sure, but I was specifically speaking about employees. So if you can reduce your employee turnover, uh, people gain confidence. That that is a confidence builder for members to see the same. As long as that person is is polite and you know has a good personality and doing the right things, they see that same person every day. That builds their confidence. Sure. And, and so within the footprint that you guys have do we have room to add to the memberships or are we somewhat near capacity no we have plenty of room um you know definitely uh our, our blair's location is probably our is our largest it's our largest footprint uh the gym started out at um nine nine thousand square feet and then i bought i was fortunate enough to be able to buy the building and the building's oh, okay. 18,000 square feet. So we, okay. So we have a room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we expanded, uh, probably about, we added another 4,500 square feet of, uh, what I would call, um, like a, like almost, we, we call it the hit Academy. It's inside the gym, but basically it's an area for personal training. It's got a large turfed area where you can do sprints. Uh, you can do CrossFit type activities. We, we do run some boot camps and classes out of it. So, from that perspective, we're maximizing that out. So we have plenty of room to grow in, in Blairsville yeah. as far as personnel. We could probably add another thousand members or more uh, okay. up here. I, I just the the city proper and even the county doesn't really have that many people extra to support it yet. But it, it, it's growing. So and in yeah, it's interesting how we handle that in somewhat small town markets, and we have to be realistic with ourselves, but also not self limited at the same right. time. For you guys, walk me through the marketing and, and how we're able to drive leads, which turn into members in the first place. What are we doing to get people just through the doors? Well, so let me let me back up just a little bit. So just to kind of finish my thought, because this will kind of help answer your question. So in okay. Cleveland, Cleveland's kind of stagnant. We've um, we've been there for set almost seven years. Um, we've kind of cycled through most of the people that live there. So we I feel like that right now without significant growth in the city slash county we're probably going to stay right right about where we are you know okay. we're about the 800 member mark give or take you yeah. know um there's another club um we have so we have a little competition there they're they're probably 
you know, around where we are. Their club is a little smaller, but they're probably, they've been there longer. So they're probably right around where we are uh, as far as membership wise. And then, um, so I, like I said, I think we're kind of stagnant there. So we've kind of been doing the same things. We run a, a magazine ad, um, you know, and we do some various things there. Uh, Dawsonville, we've been really kind of getting, we've had some turnover there. So I, I'm getting to the point now where, now that I've got some stability there, I'm going to really start marketing that club through uh, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, through some uh, print, uh, but also a lot of social media. I mean, social media is really probably the biggest. Is that, yeah. 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 And then in Blairsville, Blairsville, uh, because it's a, an older community, uh, it's more of a resort. Uh, it's not, resort's the wrong word. It's probably more of a retirement area. Um, and so we have some older individuals uh, here. And uh there's really one radio station that everyone listens to. So we do market on the radio, which is rare normally, you know, yeah. a, but you can do that in a small town. Um, and so you uh, guys have a whole number of sources that you've uh, gone yeah. to in terms of marketing and marketing, any kind of conversation that we have about it needs to be, this is a tool kit, not one singular tool. What tool is best for the job that we have at hand? Correct. I want to pick your brain a little bit on, on the social media side of things. Cause I think that's most relevant for a lot of the people that listen to this podcast and utilizing that for growth in their situation. It sounds like you plan on, on putting a little bit of a, an advertising budget behind it. Is that something that, that you guys have done in the past? It is, um, you know, we haven't utilized it to the extent that I would like. I see. Um, and I, one of the reasons, one of my junior partners, uh she she is very social media savvy that's one of the reasons i brought her on good to know people uh, yeah oh yeah and uh and you know for a while we've been kind of up and down with it because for a long time she was handling it and we had some people handling it and then she has um had some career changes and so she's busy with some other things right now so she has a much more limited time than she used to have which is good for her um but we're still trying to figure out how we're going to take up the slack so to speak with the social media posting and things like that but social media i think nowadays is probably the most cost effective way to market and advertise especially in the health and fitness industry um yeah. and i to be very candid i don't think we're doing a good job so yeah. i think we could do a lot better than what we're doing well i don't think that's even unique to you i think our industry does a poor job of utilizing the tools available and i hear all kinds of horror stories of throwing thousands of dollars at this and getting a really poor ROI. And I think it comes back to simply not understanding the rules and not understanding best practice when it comes to utilizing it. A lot of people in our industry are, are fitness people and not necessarily marketing people. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's very true. And that's always been a challenge for me as you know, I, my passion has always been fitness. I've had to learn how to be a business person and um, learn how to make that work. And uh, it's a, Good education. You know, it's kind of like throwing yourself in the deep end and learning, not knowing how to swim, trying to it's, learn. How. Yeah, it's a trial and error more often than not. Yeah. You know, go ahead. Sure. Well, I was I was going to switch topics. So please go ahead. Because Well, I was going to say sometimes you learn bad habits when you do that, too. And then you have to, uh, that's you have true. to unlearn them. Uh, and yes. then relearn the good ones. So that, that's always something to be aware of. But um, but overall, I mean, we're fortunate enough. One of the reasons I chose locations and the, and, the, and to be in the rural areas is because I knew we were going to have challenges, uh, and I didn't 
want to really, I'll just be candid about it. I've played in the big leagues before and I really didn't want that pressure. Um, I wanted the, the opportunity to kind of grow my business at a moderate, modest pace without the pressure of, you know, oh my gosh, are we even going to be successful? Are we even going to be able to make rent? You know, that sort of thing. Uh, and even even with that, I mean, there's still challenges, of course, in any business. There's no guarantees whatsoever. But I wanted to set myself up or, you know, with the most ad, most advantages possible, I would say. Yeah. And so what I wanted to pick your brain on a little bit was you talked about 2019 personal training at all three clubs really being a, a sound income source and, and well-built out program. As you move forward, and, and I assume look to rebuild those, how do we how do we funnel some of those front end leads towards personal training? A lot of facilities like this that I've talked to at least have a, a free training session or a free consultation. Is that something that you guys are doing, or how are we getting people towards personal yeah, training? If not that, it is. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you this: it really starts at the front desk. Um, and this is then this is why it's been so up and down. And, and the person at the front desk is crucial. Whoever's selling that membership is crucial. We call it from the is front. It, end. Is it front desk people for yeah, you guys? It, it's crucial because from the front end to the back end, that's how we talk about it. Because the back end would be personal training, front end is the membership. So you have to get that membership sale first. But that person doing the selling has to be able to engage that new member, that potential new member and really kind of find out what it is that they're interested in and then take that information and turn it into, um, Hey, well, we have something that we can help you. Um, and then really, you, you really, I'm going to use the word sales here, but it, it and it is a sale, but it, but it's a sale with a, with a, uh, with a means to an end, a passion to it, if you will. Um, I would, I would make the, make the argument that probably 85 percent or more of the people who walk through anyone any gym door uh with few exceptions need some sort of guidance um for sure yeah and yeah. so we guide, have these programs because we know that they're useful and exactly. we know that they work but the problem is getting the consumer to understand getting them to believe that because there's so much misinformation online and out there in the media and and they've just been you know oh just go walk on the treadmill oh just go lift weights you'll get in shape well, yeah, but there's so many, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. And um, so the idea would be to, to take that new member or that potential new member, educate them about what all of our services are, how we can help them, and then schedule them an appointment with a coach. And that's crucial. You, we found that really some clubs don't do scheduling at point of sale. And yeah. we have found that if you schedule at point of sale, the likelihood of that appointment happening and that person showing up is it goes up exponentially it's probably oh, about sure. 70 percent show rate versus maybe a 30 percent show rate so once you schedule them at uh the, the whole goal is to schedule them once they sign up schedule them at point of sale then there's a pass and the pass has to go to the trainer the trainer has to take up the slack um we have them of course they go on the trainer schedule so the trainer gets a and we use a, a software service mind body you may be familiar with it yeah of course uh, and of course they get a prompt letting them know that they have an, a, a fitness consultation scheduled at such and such a time. But we also have them have that new member fill out an information card um, that has some basic information about them, talks about what they're interested in, 
what they would like to accomplish with their membership. And then the trainer's job would be to take that information. And in the old days, we used to pick up the phone and call and confirm the appointment, so to speak. Uh, nowadays, people don't really take phone calls the way they used to. So uh, a text is usually appropriate. You can make the phone call and we tell, go ahead and make the phone call. But if you don't get them on the phone, send them a text. Hey, this is Chris with the gym at Cleveland. We're so happy that you joined us. Uh, I'm going to be your coach. Uh, and looks like we have an appointment Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. I'm so excited to meet with you. Please be aware your appointment is going to be about an hour. Bring some, uh, make sure you have workout clothes on. We'll be chatting for a little while and just give them a basic rundown. Let them know that we're happy to excited and that we, that you read their card, that you know what they're about. And uh, if you take that 30 seconds and do that, the show ratio goes way up. And then that builds rapport. You build a rapport with a new member and that leads to retention. And then of course you do the consultation. They either buy personal training or they don't or some form of it. Uh, If they don't, then you want to schedule a follow-up with them four to six weeks later. I think that's crucial. A lot of clubs don't do that. Uh, And I'll be candid. We're not doing it to the degree that I would like. Um, We have to get back to that. Sure. And, and so I think what you just summarized in, in that nurturing effect, at least as far as personal training as a service goes, it checks a lot of boxes for us, right? If we are sort of warming up that lead before they even get there to know that we care about them, that's going to help in show rate. And even if we have a poor sale or, or aren't good as a team at sales, just getting more at bats is going to help on the back end, right? It's going to build oh, ourselves, yeah. our scale, our sales skills, but just in sheer statistics, it's going to result in more personal training one way or the other. 100%. For you guys, you mentioned we don't do as good of a job with it. My experience tells me that, that personal trainers historically, for the most part, are not well versed in, in sales or that sort of a process. Is that something that you guys work on or plan to work on? We, yes. And, you know, to be specific, my background was in that, that was one of the programs that we ah, okay. was in corporate fitness. Um, unfortunately with, and you know, this is kind of where having three clubs can be a burden instead of a blessing. <laughs> I'm busy running around all three clubs, putting out fires and, I need to be developing more time with my trainers and with my managers and we've done that in the past, you know, but it's one of those things. And I had a buddy that we worked together and, you know, my thing with him, I was the number two and he was the number one. And I was always, you know, saying, Mike, we got to have a meeting, Mike, we got to have a meeting, Mike, we got to have a meeting. So I was always reminding him as he's him being the boss, we need to have a meeting regularly so that we can discuss all this. So everybody's on the same page. And I'm not following my own advice. <laughs> I need a number two going, Chris, we need to have a meeting. Chris, we need to have a meeting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't yeah. have that. So I have to remind myself. Do as I say, not as I do. Correct. That's for sure. Okay. And so as you look forward with these clubs, I mean, obviously it's simplistic to say we're looking to add more members. We're looking to add more PT clients, but big picture this thing with me, Chris, what's sort of the the longer term play for you here? What are, what is the goal as you move forward with this? Well, I think the long-term goal, the first long-term goal would be to tighten up systems uh, and get some more stability back in some places where we may have lost it. Uh, and that's probably true of any business. You know, any business that has been around for a little while, 
if they're going to stay around, has to re has to evaluate themselves constantly, uh, regular evaluations, whether it's three months, six months, a year, whatever. But everyone needs to sit back and don't just pat yourself on the back because you're doing well. You have to look at what, um, you know, what are we doing well? But then again, what are we not doing well? And of course, I've just laid out, I know what we're not doing well. <laughs> and I just laid that out for you. So my job would be at this point uh, to try to, get some of those systems back up and shore them up where they're not, uh, where they're not connecting the way they should. Uh, a lot of that has to do with personnel uh, and getting the right people in the right places. And like I said, we've had some turnover uh, in a couple of places and, and we're trying to, trying to steady that ship a little bit, getting that, and we are, we're getting it worked out, but it takes time. Um, and um, that's the immediate goal. And then I would say the long-term goal is just to continue to create uh, a successful um, chain, if you will. We would like to open uh, more locations, but we're not in a hurry to do it. Um, the, the conditions need to be right. And, you know, one of the things I learned uh, with opening all three clubs the way we did, I, I felt like we did really well with the first two. I, I thought Dawsonville, Dawsonville is now becoming okay. But initially, I think we probably got out over our skis with that club a little more than we should have. Um, and, uh, you know, hindsight's a great teacher. So um, it certainly is do it all over again. We would probably slow the process down a little bit more, probably would have solidified the Cleveland and the Blairsville location a little bit more than we did. I thought we had them. I thought we had them fairly solidified. But, you know, I look back and say, no, we should have been a little more steady than before we did the, the third location. So we're coming up on uh, five years in Dawsonville. So I feel like we finally got that club, you know, relatively stable, relatively where it needs to be. It's our smallest location. Uh, it's our smallest revenue generator and it's our biggest expense. Uh, so, uh, and that's not to say it's not being successful. It's just, that's just the facts of the matter. So, um, so we're working now that we have it more stable and, and, and feel like we have a handle on it. Now we're gonna try to shore up some systems get some things in place and then who knows we'll see what happens yeah plenty of plenty of routes to go and as as you said earlier always fires to fight um, but those aren't necessarily the things that actually move the business forward and so figuring out the balancing act of of fighting those fires while also focusing on those big rocks it'll be interesting how that shapes up for you here in the coming years but chris before we begin to to wrap our episode up uh where can people find out a little bit more about your gyms uh well we do have a website the gyms of north ga um so that's where i would go um you can find we do have also facebook uh the gym at cleveland gym at blairsville the gym at dawsonville those are probably the best places to communicate with us so that's probably where i would go to to and people do direct messages a lot um and our information is up there and we're posting things uh, all the time in those locations. That's fantastic. Chris, I, I really appreciate your candidness and, and willingness to share your experience with the greater gym owner audience. I'm excited to see what this looks like here for you. Cause it sounds like you guys have a whole lot of moving parts, but your eye on the ball of, of what's going to make a big difference for you. So we'll be watching from the sidelines and, and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. 
If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.